And if you have a Bible, go ahead now and open it to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. If you're new to Manoa Community Church, through the season of Advent, we've been going through a preaching series called The Story of Christmas. And I've actually entitled tonight's shorter message, The Story of Christmas, because as I've said throughout the series, every good story has great character development. And the story of Christmas is no different. And so we've preached through the various stories and looked at the Christmas story through the eyes of uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth, for example. And the kids did a great pageant. And then we had the shepherds and we looked at the Christmas story through the eyes of the shepherds. We also looked at the story Pastor Ron preached on Mary. And last week we looked at Joseph. Well, tonight, as we lit the Christ candle, the amazing thing we see in John chapter one is that in the story of Christmas, there's not only characters around this story, but God himself, the author of life, then writes himself into the story as one of the characters. And though Matthew and Luke, two of the main gospels we get all of our Christmas content from, show us the birth of Jesus, in the gospel of John, the author, the one who Jesus loves, the apostle John, goes back even further. In fact, he goes back to the very foundation of the world itself. He goes back to the very creation and creator of the world, and then where the creator puts on flesh and enters into the Christmas story. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to actually have a stand for the public reading of God's word. So go ahead and just stand where you are. If you have your Bible, just follow along in your Bible. But if you don't have a Bible, just follow along on the screens. I'm going to read just the beginning prologue of John's gospel pray for us, and then drop into this brief message, the story of Christmas. Here we go. Well, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him. Without Him, not anything, excuse me, without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Verse 9. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The story of Christmas. Please remain standing for the prayer, and then I'll have you sit. Well, Father God, we thank you that we could hear the story, the old, old story, and God, that you wrote yourself into the story because of your great love for us. And we pray that the story of Christmas would transform all of our lives as we behold Jesus briefly this evening, Lord, that once again, the glory of Christ and the glory of Christmas would make us a little bit more like Jesus and love you a little bit more because you love us. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. You can have a seat. Well, the story of Christmas is transformational, but before I drop into how it transforms our lives, I've, I bumped into this tweet 
from Twitter. Now, I know Twitter's getting a lot of drama right now these days, but there was a man by the name of Jack Schaller who says his life was forever changed by a Christmas story, but not how you think. Look at his tweet. He says, today at approximately 11.19 a.m., my life changed forever when I found out this dude from Elf was also Ralphie from A Christmas Story. Look closely. Do you see it? A Christmas Story. My life was changed forever. Now you can never unsee that, by the way. Every time you watch that, you're like, there's Ralphie. A Christmas Story changed his life. Well, the story of Christmas, not a story, a Christmas story, the story of Christmas changes our lives, forever changes our lives. Now, that's a funny, light anecdote, but there's a transformation that happens when Jesus comes into our lives that brings transformation forever. And I want to briefly look at tonight in John chapter 1, as I already said, where we now look at the character. The character is God himself. And to understand and have this story transform and change your life, you need to understand four chapters in the Christmas story. So I'm going to talk about the chapter one is the love of the author, chapter two is the darkness of the world, chapter three is the glory of the sun, and chapter four is the response of the child. So chapter one, the Christmas story that transforms our lives, you need to understand in chapter one, the love of the author. So as we see in this passage, God, who is the eternal word, right? In the beginning, in, uh, purposely echoing Genesis chapter one, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? John picks up on that. And he says, in the beginning was the word, the eternal word of God. When God spoke creation into reality, he spoke it through his word, but he pulls back the curtain. He says, this word was not only with God, but this word was God. And then in chapter or verse 14, he says, and this word became flesh and dwelt among us. What he is saying is God the Father from eternity past through the Son, the eternal word of God, spoke creation into reality. And then in the Christmas story, the word, the eternal word of God put on flesh and dwelt among us. The love of the author. The author writes himself into the story, but here's the question, why? Why would God write himself into the story? Well, in chapter three, verse 16, one of the most famous Bible verses, most of you are familiar with it. I'll put it up on the screen. Same book, he says, this is the motive why he did it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have ever lasting or eternal life. We see in the Christmas story, the first chapter for it to transform your life is to understand that God wrote himself into the Christmas story and into your life. Why? Because he loves you. Because he loves the world and he loves his creation. So first we learn about the love of the author. But chapter two is some bad news because in chapter two, we discover from John's prologue the darkness of the world. So I want to reread verses 4 and 5 and then verse 9. It says, in him, referring to Jesus, was life. And the life was the light of men. Well, why do we need light? He says, the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. Verse 9, the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. So Jesus is described here as light, and we'll look at him more closely in a moment, but why do we need light? Why did he send Jesus into the world? Because the world is full of darkness. 
Now we have optimism here. The darkness can never overcome the light. But in darkness, we need light to illuminate the darkness and dispel it. And there's a moral overtone. This is not simply darkness in creation and God speaking light. It now takes on a darker overture here. It's this darkness where darkness is a a metaphor for evil. And we feel that, right? Like darkness is scary, boys and girls. Do you agree? We're afraid of the dark. I have some little kids, and at night we had the night lights on, or sometimes the, the closet door is open, and before I leave praying for my kids, they say, Dad, close the closet door, right? Because it's dark, and there's shadows, and these things scare us. Intuitively, the darkness is frightening. And John picks up on that theme of darkness and says that the world is full of darkness. One of the reasons that we light these candles every year and light the Christ candle as we sing Silent Night at the end and pass the flame around is to remind us that though the world be dark, though there be a lot of scary, evil things in the world, and by the way, in us, that God did not leave us in darkness, but he sent light to dispel the darkness because when light and darkness converge, darkness always loses, amen? The light will always drive away the darkness, but the key is we need to invite the light into those dark places in the world and in our lives. And the Christmas story is a story just like the shepherds out in the night scene where the angels and the glory of the Lord dispels the darkness with the brightness of heaven. This is where heaven comes to earth, where God invades. When he writes himself into the story, he does it so that he can dispel the darkness. But to receive the good news of Christmas, for it to transform your life, you need to believe not only that God loves you, but that there's darkness not only out there, but there's darkness in here that needs fixing. Because the Son of God came to drive away the darkness, but if you don't think that you have darkness in here, you'll never come to the light, because you don't need the light. You think you're already bright enough, but those who are trapped in darkness that know they need the light come to Jesus which is our third point. So not only is the chapter one, the love of the author, chapter two, the darkness of the world, but chapter three is we discover the glory of the sun. The glory of the sun. So in verse 14, John writes, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Now, this is beautiful. This is where we get to look at not only baby Jesus, but just Jesus, Jesus. This is where John's going. He says, Jesus is the eternal word of God. He is the eternal light of God. He is full of grace. He is full of truth. And all of that is now embodied in the gift of Christmas, in the God-man, in the child that God delivered to the world. Grace, truth, life. The word of God has now come to us to drive away the darkness, to rescue us from the darkness, to rescue us. The truth counterbalances what? Lies? (laughs) That's not a trick question. The truth counteracts lies, right? So he came to bring truth to us so that we wouldn't be deceived. He came to bring light so that we wouldn't walk in darkness. He came to bring God's word to us so that we wouldn't have to guess who God is. All the revelation of who God is is found in Christ Jesus. And God gave us that gift on Christmas so that we could know him and know his glory. 
The glory of God, by the way, is not just something that we admire from afar. Biblically speaking, it's the, the brightness of God. It's the, it's the holiness of God. It's the, it's the light of God. But here's the amazing thing the Bible teaches. The glory of Jesus that he shares with us by transforming us with that glory. That when we behold that light, his light transfers to us and covers us in that light. It drives the darkness out of us. When we behold that glory, we become a little bit more Christ-like, a little bit more like Jesus. When we behold his truth, his truth goes deep into our souls so that we become men and women who stand on the truth and are no longer tossed to and fro and deceived by the ways of the world. We are grounded in the truth. He reveals his glory through the Christmas story, but he then comes to share his glory with you and transform you with his glory. That's the third chapter. The great song that we just sang, Veiled in flesh the Godhead see. Heal the incarnate deity, pleased as man with men to dwell. Jesus, our Emmanuel. Hark the herald angel sings. Glory to the newborn king. In the Christmas story, to be forever changed by it, we must behold the glory of the Son. And fourthly and finally, the story of Christmas tells us, chapter 4, the response of the child. The response of the child, verses 10 to 13, I'll reread them. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That's the response of the child. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. The response of the child. Now I'm using the child here to refer to children of God. And John Inspired by the Holy Spirit gives us to, this to us in both the negative and in the positive. But I want to put this all in the positive for us as we land this brief message. You hear? So we see God's love for us, the love of the author. We see the darkness of ourselves. We see the glory of Jesus Christ. But what are we going to do with that? John then says we must believe in his name. We must receive Jesus Christ. Amen? And if we do that, we become children of God. That's what he says. We are born again. We are born into God's family. Born not of the will of the flesh, nor of the blood. He goes through all that. He said, no, no, no. You are born of God. God transforms you. But to do that, you must receive him. You must believe in his name. Why would anybody not do that? He says later in the book, he says, because our deeds are evil and we're walking in darkness and don't want to come to the light. It goes right back to the darkness light thing here. If you see darkness in your life, you can either run from the light so that you can hide it and keep it to yourself, or you can turn to the light so that it can be exposed, so it can be driven out of your life, and so that Jesus can transform your life. My question for you this Christmas, it's right in the text here, is, have you been born of God? Have you received Jesus Christ? And do you believe in his name? And not just a, in a Christmas way, like once a year, I, you know, I go to church. I mean, like, does God have a hold of your life? 
Are you a child of God? And you can know that you're a child of God because you love the Father, you live for the Father, you have the likeness of the Father, that glory is transforming you, not only on Christmas, not only on Easter, but 24-7. My children look a lot like me (laughs) because they've been born from me, right? And a child of God, though not sinless, will still fight sin for the rest of our lives, will start to take on the attributes of the Father and live for the Father because they've received the love of the Father. Amen? The four chapters of Christmas. You need to know the love of the author. You need to know the darkness of the world and of yourself. To know the glory of the Son. And to respond like a child with childlike faith. Mild he lays his glory by. Born that no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them second birth. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Jack Schaller said at the outset in his tweet, today at approximately 1119, my life forever changed. Well, today at 527 p.m., would you allow God to forever change your life with the true story of Christmas? Would you allow him to come into your life by believing in him, by receiving him, by turning to the light, by becoming a child of God? If you would do that even tonight, the great miracle of Christmas is not only that he's been born in a manger 2,000 years ago, but that he would be born again in your hearts through faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's bow our heads and pray before we close with the song of Silent Night. If you'd like to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior this Christmas, to receive his light into your soul. And boys and girls, I'm speaking to you as well as the moms and dads. I wanna pray for you and lead you in a prayer of repentance. If you'd like to do that with every uh, eye closed and every head bowed, just raise your hand so I can see it. Kids, is there, I see you, sweetie pie. Anybody else? Yes, I see you. That was a child, by the way. (laughs) Is there anybody else? Forgive me, Adults, you're welcome to raise your hand as well. It takes childlike faith to receive Jesus Christ. Don't celebrate Christmas without Jesus. I see you. Thank you. Pray this to Jesus tonight. Jesus, thank you. Just pray it in your heart, not out loud. Jesus, thank you so much that you love me, that you wrote yourself into the story. Thank you for writing yourself into the story 2,000 years ago, but also writing yourself into my story tonight. And Lord, I thank you that you love me despite the darkness in my life, despite the sin in my life. Today, I turn from the darkness to the light. I turn from my sin to the Savior. I turn from lies to the truth. I turn to you, and I receive you. I believe in your name. Cause me to be born of you, God. Fill me with your presence, and fill me with your Holy Spirit, I ask. Fill me with your life. And may you use me to be a light for Jesus Christ. And God, for the entire church now, we thank you for the gift of Christmas. We thank you for the Christmas story that has transformed our lives forever. And as we start to sing these songs of praise towards the end of our service now and light our candles, Lord, we pray that it would be a picture of the light of Christ spreading across this room, but also across the world through our lives, that we will be faithful witnesses to the light of Christ. We ask this and we pray it in Jesus' name and all of God's people prayed, amen.